Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Today we are speaking with Dan and Nancy Leffler. Dan and Nancy are the founders of Being With Grief. As parents who lost their 17-year-old daughter Leah in a car accident in November of 2000, they fully understand the territory of grief. Their daughter's death provided a doorway to their transformation that they never expected. They now help others to navigate grief. Dan is an advanced grief recovery specialist, and Nancy works intuitively using mindfulness practices as well as other strategies that assisted her on her journey. She is also the author of The Alchemy of Grief, Your Journey to Wholeness, an account of her grief journey as well as wisdom she discovered along the way. Their passion is changing the conversation around grief and helping their clients find meaning, purpose, and joy again so they can fully participate in their lives. Welcome to a new episode of As I Live and Grieve. We are delighted today to have a wonderful couple with us, Nancy and Dan, who are going to talk to us about a very difficult situation they encountered in their lives. They've been grieving for a little while now, but they have finally decided that maybe it's time for them to talk about their situation, their grief as a couple, a perspective that I really hadn't considered, to tell you the honest truth. So welcome, Nancy and Dan. Thank you. It's great to be here. In a way to get started about our story, uh, we're calling this episode When Couples Grieve, but there's so much more to it than that, for me anyway. Would you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. Our story began uh, over 20 years ago in November of 2000. Our 17-year-old daughter, Leah, was in a car accident on her way to school. She was a senior at the time, and she hit a tree. It was the only tree in the middle of a cornfield, and she had massive brain injuries. When we got to the hospital, she was not conscious. She was in surgery. We never got to talk to her. She was in a medically induced coma because her brain began to swell. Right. So we began what we didn't know at the time, but our last five-day vigil with her at the hospital, and we were welcomed by friends and family and her friends said her to come and they all were surrounding us with uh, with love and with support, never expecting that this was going to be the last time that, that they would be able to see her. And so after five days, she uh, hadn't had any brain activity. And so we had to make that difficult decision to remove her from our support. I can't imagine. No. Nope. In a recent podcast, we discussed losses resulting from a traumatic event, the certain qualifies, and the different complexities of that type situation. And sometimes in addition to dealing with the grief, especially over losing a child, did you also have to go through some sort of legal proceedings or media intervention that kind of added some complexity to your grief? No, at this point, it was a single car accident, uh, and 
you know, it was our problem uh, was that we'll never really know what happened. Right. Uh, it was a country road on her way to school. We saw the skid marks. It looked like she tried to correct whether it was a, a deer that ran in front of right. her or if she was distracted by something else. And um, as Nancy mentioned, you know, skidded into a tree. Right. So, no, there wasn't anything which would have added a whole nother layer of complication to it. Right, right. We had mm-hmm. been involved in something like that 40 years ago <laughs> when, <laughs> when our son uh, was born. Nancy uh, and I were uh, on our way home and we were hit by a drunk driver oh. and um, both ended up in separate hospitals and um, where Nancy mm-hmm. gave birth to our son and I was laid up because I took the more of the direct impact. Right. And that did lead to a um, court case and uh, right. that, that dragged on for, for a time. Right. So you're well aware how that can add a level of complexity. And most of our listeners, I'm sure, understand grief having experienced it themselves. Mm -hmm. I think most of our listeners are drawn to this podcast because we're not therapists. We're not clinicians. We're just just them. We are everybody out there that is also grieving. Mm -hmm. And I know this resonates particularly with Stephanie whose older son is going to be a senior in the fall and has recently gotten his driver's license and now his car. So I know this is going to have an impact on Stephanie listening to this as well. I I mentioned in the intro that I, when I think of going through grief, for me at least, it's been my grief. I've not been part of a couple, so to speak, that had to deal with that grief together So this is an interesting perspective to me, and it's got to be some very difficult dynamics and a whole nother level of complexity. So can you help the listeners and me and Stephanie understand what these dynamics are of being a couple and grieving a loss such as this together? Yeah, it was it was very difficult. And as a matter of fact, we couldn't be a couple in the, in the in the early years, we each had to grieve in our own way, right? Or we could come back together and help each other, right? We never stopped talking about Leah or about what happened, but we each took a very different road. We each approached our grief differently, and that's one of the things that we found out. Everybody approaches their, their grief differently. Right. Yeah, I. Two weeks after Leah died, I heard a message that said losing Leah is too high a price. It's too high a price to pay to not live the life I was meant to live. So that set me on a course to figure out what that was. I had no idea what it was. So I dove right into my feelings. I, I, I needed to figure out how to get more comfortable feeling those painful and, and, and uncomfortable feelings. Mm-hmm. And I did that with the practice that was already a part of my life at the time. And I already had a trusted facilitator for this practice. And I began to process my grief fairly early with her. And when I saw how powerful it was at helping me to navigate and process my own grief, I became certified as a practitioner of of that mindfulness practice myself. Okay. But even though we were were grieving the same person, Dan and I, our, our grief experiences were completely different. And our sons, he was 20 at the time. His right. too was, was right. completely different. 
And I'll let Dan share his experience. Okay. I get everything wrong. <laughs> I, I, um, I tried to compartmentalize, uh, and I think that's kind of typical for what a guy tries to do. Um, right. uh, kind of stuff it in a, in a box. I put it on the shelf, you know, close the closet doors, said, I'll deal with it later. And, right. and, and I tried to get back to work. I tried to, you know, go back to normal. Right. But normal wasn't there anymore. No. And um, it created problems in my life. I, I began to just be distracted. I couldn't concentrate. My uh, productivity at work was affected. I started acting out in inappropriate ways and, and using distractions, um, you know, just zoning out on television or, you know, video games, Right. having one too many beers. Um, and meanwhile, that box of grief, that, in a container that I put it in, needed attention. And it was trying to get my attention in all these bad ways. Sure. And so I had to open up the lid and dive in and get busy with it. I saw the work that Nancy was doing, and I've come to understand it a, a lot better. But initially, I looked for something that was going to resonate with me. Of course. And I found um, something called the grief recovery method. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm an engineer uh, and uh, architectural training by, you know, profession. Uh, and I've worked in construction for, you know, many years. And um, the grief recovery method was charts and diagrams. And it, you know, allowed me to look at my grief from a you know, 40,000 feet. Right. And all of the grief that I had accumulated over my lifetime, not just the loss of Leah. And it brought it into a new perspective for me. And with that, I um, took it to the next step, which was to focus on her loss and what it meant and all of the things that I hadn't been able to say mm-hmm. or experience, you know, the, never seeing her graduate, um, not seeing her go off to college, finding the love of her life, getting married, right. all of those things that um, you know, the hardest thing for me was to go to some of the weddings of her friends that we were invited to. Yes. Right. When the father-daughter dance was, I had to leave the room. Yeah. And um, But using this method and then becoming uh, certified in it to help others, uh, we've each found a way to uh, reach out to the people that come into our lives to uh, show them that healing is possible. Okay. Yeah. Was there a particular event or point where you realized that, okay, I've worked on my grief. My partners worked on their grief. Now we need to work together on our grief. How did you reach a point of understanding where it was time to work on it as a couple? Well, grief, grief it illuminated for me all the places in my, my life that needed work, including yes. all the places in our marriage that needed work. Okay. And we came to a point, and I don't, I don't remember what, if you want to talk about it in how many years, I don't remember exactly when that was. Okay. I'll say maybe three, four, five 
some somewhere around that. Okay. That we had to decide if we were going to attend to those places in our marriage that needed work. Okay. Some of them predated Leah's death, and some of them were because of our grief. Right. And we decided to that we wanted to attend to them. So that's what we turned to at that point. And it took us about two years from the time that we said, okay, let's let's make this decision to take a stand for us and when we recommitted to each other and our, our marriage and, and our, our partnerships. So it, it was a conscious, intentional decision. And everything that we've done up to that, up in, well, everything we've done from that point on has been very intentional. Okay. Now, Nancy, you mentioned a practice um, that you used about a mindset practice. I think you used that term. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Is there a particular name, for example? Yes, it's it's called Samyama. It's S-A-M-Y-A-M-A. And it's from the Yogic Sutras. Okay. Uh, it was given to, the structure of this practice was given to my teacher in a dream over 30 years ago. And she, she developed a certification program for it after she saw how powerful it was in her own life. And it's it's a direct experience practice, learning how to, first of all, come into our hearts and then bring everything into our hearts and allow our heart to shift it. Our heart is an alchemical vessel and it can hold everything. Okay. And we can learn how to bring those difficult feelings, those painful feelings to our heart without needing to change them. And it also unravels the stories that our heads are spinning about them, all the what ifs and the if onlys. And it, it helps it, and those feelings begin to shift and optimize. And it was such a powerful practice for me that every single time that I that I was doing it for myself, every single time I was able to bring the pure devastation into my heart, I would start to receive blessings and grace. And, and I thought, this is, there's something going on here. And, and, yeah. and so I realized that the blessings and grace were, were part of the gifts of grief. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought, I my daughter has died, is, has died. I don't deserve to receive blessings right. and grace or gifts. And as I continued on that journey, I realized that, that the blessings and grace were exactly what I needed to continue to meet the grief. Because right. as you said, it continues. It, it's been over 20 years. And I can be right back in that moment when it happened in a flash. It doesn't last as long as it did. However, the feelings can still be there. You know, the holidays are different, are, are difficult. Milestone days are difficult. Mm-hmm. And we all need to find a way to meet each one of those each year as it comes around. It's always different. Okay. And Dan, you mentioned using the grief recovery process, which I've heard of. I'm not familiar with it in great detail. Did you try any of the Samyama that Nancy tried? Yes. And uh, now uh, we start our mornings in uh, just a mindfulness presence. Um, okay. It's a, it's another form of prayer right. you know, mm-hmm. and being open to um, receive, you know, the, the, the word. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so um, the two things go hand in hand. Right. And so when we work with couples, it's a little bit of both. We, my focus, um, has been working with men who are blocked by, with their feelings 
right. we're, we're raised not to feel. We're supposed to be strong and silent, right. shoulder the burden and carry on. Yeah. And um, that doesn't always lead to great outcomes. Right. Kind of counterproductive. <laughs> yes. And so um, what I found was allowing myself, giving myself permission to go into those feelings okay. was successful for me. And having Nancy show me how to be mindful and to hold hold these painful feelings and not be afraid of them, not mm-hmm. being not not my first response, you know, bottling them up and, and putting them away. We're not meant to bottle our, our feelings up inside. When we do that, it can lead to all sorts of problems. Some of them that I've mentioned. Absolutely. You can just make yourself sick. You can. You know. Your health. And um, and we don't need to suffer like that. Um, when there is resources that uh, are there, and we can move forward um, and embrace life again. Okay. Now you are both now certified. Are you certified in this mindfulness? Samyama, or have you certified in a different process? I'm certified in Samyama. Dan's certified as an advanced grief recovery specialist. Right, good, good, good. So kind of the best of both worlds, and yeah. you can have slightly different perspectives and use exactly. what is needed to help people. Exactly. Yes. Well, and another thing is, is that Samyama as a mindfulness practice, that's what I use to, to process my grief, and it works for everything. You know, everything. It, it's, a, it's a it's a resource for daily life. So it, it's once we learn how to do that, we have another tool in our toolbox to exactly right meet stress, anxiety, sitting in traffic, <laughs> all those right. kinds of things. Yeah. Sound familiar, Stephanie? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Can I ask you guys how long you've been married? Uh, it'll be 45 years in October. Well, I just want to commend you guys on that alone because let's face it, normal in normal circumstances, marriage is not always easy, but you guys have had a lot of traumatic experiences and it just kind of has piled. And I love that you each found your own way of dealing with the grief and you're still supporting each other and working on things. I just, I think that that's wonderful to hear. And so I just want to commend you guys for that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now. Nancy, you wrote a book about your grief, right? Yes, I did. Would you tell us about it, please? Sure. Uh, the title is The Alchemy of Grief, Your Journey to Wholeness. And it, it's, 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 a, about, it, it's my story along with some of the lessons that I learned along the way. So I, I talk about Samyama. I talk about some of the other ways that I met my own grief and that I now use with my clients. Uh, there's also... Um, questions at the end of each chapter to help the reader process, begin to process the, their own grief. And it's it's available on, on Amazon. There's also a link to it on our website. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that you have, and I won't say resolved your grief, because as you'll be able to tell from the title of our podcast, we live in grief. Mm-hmm. I'm of the mindset that I'm going to grieve for the rest of my life. Yes. I've had, I lost a, a newborn child. I lost my parents one at a time. Mm-hmm. So, and you, 
there are other things in your life too that you grieve loss of a job loss of a lifestyle mm-hmm. and i've i've been through divorce uh, my marriage fell apart instead of being able to grieve together as a couple for example when we lost the newborn so what would the first piece of advice be that you might offer a couple that is in grief to recognize that we all grieve in our own way and there's no right or wrong way to grieve and to take things one sometimes you hear one day at a time but sometimes it can only be one minute at a time right and to get the support that you need whatever that might look like maybe it's just someone to sit with you and not say anything maybe you want to talk about it there's as i said there's no right or wrong way and begin to figure out what it is that that you need and sometimes at the very beginning you have no idea what that is you know exactly. i i didn't and so it's 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 okay to not know mm-hmm. and, and also another thing if people are offering food and and, and help like that it's it, take it because we, we didn't feel like cooking no and those meals that were brought over were, were wonderful and 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 maybe at another time i'm not someone that likes to ask for help but at that point right i i was so grateful that people were reaching out more Right. And bless the people that didn't ask what you wanted or what can I do for you? They just did something. Uh, They cooked a dish and brought it over. Mm -hmm. So those people, those people get it, I think, in certain ways. And I know myself, I've many times said, oh, let me know if there's anything I can do to help you. After I think about that, that was to make me feel better. I don't believe for a second it made them feel any better. That was for me to feel yeah. better. And that's so, how we brought up and you know, things like this podcast are ways to get that message out that it's okay to just show up and start raking your someone's leaves. We, we came home one day and some friends were raking our leaves. Yeah. You know, a blessing. Because we weren't going to do it. Right. It's a blessing and a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. And it's not only the gift of whatever it is that they do, but the fact that they had that in their heart to do something for you, even if it's a minor thing, they decided I'm going to do this to help in my way. Mm -hmm. So those are very special people. Yeah. Yeah. So together now you're certified and you work together with couples in, so this is a service that you offer. Mm -hmm. All right. Then I think rather than persist with more questions, I'm just going to turn it over to you two. And let you speak directly to our listeners. Let them know what services it is that you offer, where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you. And then we will also repeat that information in our episode notes and on our website. So you can do this now. Talk directly to our listeners without Stephanie or I leading you with a question. This is your turn. So go right ahead. We want you to know that we each have bodies of work uh, available to you on our website. I work primarily with individuals. Dan works primarily in, well, I'll let him say more about how he works. And then we both work with couples. Okay. We really create a body of work that, that is unique to your circumstance. So it, it's not like we have a bunch of programs that are already set every because we everybody's grief journey is unique the way that each of us works with our clients is unique also 
So we want to offer you whatever it is that is going to help you. You can find out more information about that. We've written blogs on our website. We have a lot of um, a lot of resources available on the website. Uh, website is www.beingwithgrief.com, and we also have a Facebook page of the same name. And as far as the grief recovery program, the grief recovery program was originally put together to work in groups. However, it also works uh, with individuals. So I have worked with, and as you mentioned earlier, grief occurs throughout our lives in a variety of situations. And uh, whether it's loss of a job, loss of a relationship, uh, loss of your health, moving, loss of a pet, the grief recovery method has um, covered it, has worked with people, and um, is available. And what I really liked about it is it was short, purposeful steps to help guide you. It gives you a, a way of communicating all of the things that you might not have had the chance to, the things that you would have forgave them for, the things you would have apologized for, and then the things that you never had a chance to say. That last I love you. And uh, the way that they have organized this, it just made sense and uh, has been uh, helpful for many, many people. And knowing that your occupation is engineer with some architectural flair and everything, I'm going to say you are probably an analytical person. And the fact that you were able to have this process help you, to me, speaks very highly because... So many times we don't want to take things at face value. We want to know the whys and we want to know the structure and pieces like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that might have been especially helpful for you as well, Dan. Yes. I did. I did think of one quick question if I could ask it. Sure. We don't get many men as guests that speak about themselves grieving. And I know, as you mentioned early on in our podcast, that men especially have been taught to be more stoic, to not show emotion, to be the person to kind of make everything happen and be the equalizer, so to speak, be the fixer. And I know this has a major impact on the way they grieve. So I want our listeners to hear this fact. Do you have any specific suggestions for men that may be grieving? What would you say to them man to man? There's so much material um, uh, written about this and find your resource. It can mean so many things. It can mean find your person that's going to be with you and let it be a safe space so you can talk or just be silent. Or it can mean find your resource if you think you really need help to find a therapist to work with or a group. So find your resources, a great piece of advice. Men are so isolated in, in their grief. We, we can't rely on our partners to fill that void. We need to do our own work because that hole is in our hearts. And it's not our heads that are broken. It's our hearts are broken. And the difference that uh, that makes um, for a guy who is uh, 
been told to, you know, pick up and, uh, and carry on. You just need to um, stop, reassess before you go off the rails and get the help, get, find the resource and um, get yourself back on track. Great. Well worded. Um, and I think that should help a lot of men. I really do. And it's worth it. It's worth it. That's the other, that's a very powerful phrase. It's worth it. It's worth it. As proof positive are the two of you. So I'm glad you've forged a, a relationship that you can help others because I think it's important. Yes. If I were going to look for someone to help me, I would want someone that had some similarities, some parallels. And I can't think of anything better if you are part of a couple and grieving together with that dynamic, I would think it would be a total blessing to encounter a couple such as yourselves that went through it and know that you have to kind of respect each other's space, so to speak, Mm -hmm. let each one grieve the way they need to grieve. And then at some point put it back together, be supportive of each other, even, you know, your different ways of dealing with it, but, just supporting each other in it because right i mean like i said normal relationship without everything you guys have had to deal with it's hard but you add all those extra extra things to it it's a big mountain to climb another thing that just uh, occurred to me is that uh, between five to ten percent of men reach out for support it leaves vast majority of men out there without any resource. And, uh, and, and that's why I said, you know, we need, they need to know that there are resources out there and whether it is a church based group, whether it is uh, a men's group where they have that safe environment that you mentioned, or it is um, uh, working with a therapist. Um, uh, certainly we're available uh, we offer initiation, you know, phone call. Initial phone call. Initial phone call. <laughs> Complimentary initial phone call. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, to, to see if we, you know, work out, could work well together. And, well, I want to thank both of you yeah. for many things. So rather than list every thank you separately, you are a glowing example of a couple who has gone through devastating events in their lives and somehow managed to make the conscious decision that you wanted to continue to move forward as a couple and fix all the little pieces that needed to be fixed or at least pay attention to them. So kudos to both of you. Yeah. Thank you for not only being guests on our podcast, but for speaking so candidly about your grief and losing your daughter, Leah. I, I'm of the firm belief that the worst thing that can happen to any parent is to lose their child. Uh, I've experienced it, though it was a stillborn baby. So I never saw this child grow up. But certainly, the longer your child is on this earth and the longer you've had to nurture them and support them and watch them grow, the more devastating it can be to go through that. So my heart goes out to you both. Thank you for forging your partnership so that you can help other couples because I think that will really help them. 
Dan, I think you need to write a book, maybe call it How Men Grieve, <laughs> and really reach some men out there. Nancy, help him get that book written, will you? I, th I think there's a place yeah. for it. To our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed today's session. I hope it struck a nerve with some, if not many, many of you about the dynamics that you can experience as a couple. If you've gone through it and it didn't go as well, it's not too late. Pick yourselves up and think about it and make conscious efforts to work on your marriage as well so that you can keep your couple status. Nobody should lose that as well. We're going to have, as we always do, contact information for Nancy and Dan in the episode notes and on our website as well. Thank you to our listeners. We know that you are scattered around the world, and we really appreciate all of you tuning in. And we will take care of ourselves. We always promote self-care. As you're grieving, self-care is just a good thing to do regardless. It's like putting that oxygen mask on when you're on the airplane. Take care of yourself first because then you'll be better able to take care of those around you that need some support. So until next week, come on back, and thanks for listening as we all continue to live in grief. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.